podcast. It's what um, we binge, but we're we're doing a, a tipsy spoilery podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, originally we weren't, but uh, I had vodka nearby and wine, so yeah. it is now. <laughs> I was a bad influence. I, I already put uh, bourbon in my tea, and uh, to loosen my my vocal cords. Loosen so, the buttons. Uh, yeah, and uh, I thought, you know, this is this is a good. Uh, opportunity to drink because we're going to talk about WandaVision that came out uh, on Friday. Like we're recording on Friday. Uh, this mm. is coming out on Tuesday. So let's say for you guys, it's last week. Yeah. Uh, and by now there's probably out. like the articles coming out that are like picking at stuff in the background or like, why was this there? Yeah. Why was this there? Cause I was trying to look for it initially. And then after a while I was, I just kind of like gave into the story. Yeah, but, um, I mean, uh, it's just like there are tons of little, I guess you you would call it Easter eggs uh, yeah. here and there. Like there's, uh, you see the sword logo, which is like the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, uh, there's like, there's a watch commercial. And if you look at the watch, there's the name of that, like, you know, Hydra scientist who gave Hydra... Um, Wanda her powers like in Age of Ultron yeah struck her and there's also a little Hydra logo (laughs) on there so it's like oh Hydra and uh, a lot of little things like that like so WandaVision I think probably puzzled a lot of people just because I I think that's what they they were going for uh yeah yeah, this kind of reminded me of legion a little bit you know it used to be a show on fx starring uh the beast uh, yeah no wait the guy from Uh, eurovision yes exactly the guy (laughs) from eurovision uh steven something or something stevens i can't remember uh but you know who he is no he's not luke he looks like he could be a luke i don't know you know, it might be another Chris, you know, another Chris to add to the Marvel uh, panoply of Chris's out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was funny because uh, like, you were talking uh, before we started recording about A New Hope and you were watching mm-hmm. it recently and like halfway yeah. through, like she has an English yeah, accent. Yeah, so like Princess Leia, like at the beginning when she's like, oh, Grand Moff Tarkin, you, you thought you caught me, eh? You know, something like that. It's like, you know, I could smell your foul stench on the bridge. You know, she was saying something like that. And then when she gets rescued by Luke uh, later on, yeah. uh, she's like, you're shorter than, like, you're short for a stormtrooper, aren't you? And well, like, she, she totally shifts <laughs> to like a totally different accent. Well, that's and, better than like um, the MCU because with like Wanda or Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. she goes from She had a Sokovian. Like yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess Eastern Russian. I mean, like, Russian-type, like, Eastern European accent. Yeah. And uh, now she sounds totally American, which even in... It was gradual, but still kind of... Yeah, it was gradual-ish. Ish. Ish. (laughs) Or like like how, like, John Boyega does it the other way around in Star Wars. He starts off with, like, Mm -hmm. a thick, like, nasally American accent. Yeah. And then he just makes his way back to British. <laughs> yeah. In episode nine, but, it's just like, oh, whatever. It's like, I'm a stormtrooper, you know? <laughs> no, oh. it's like, I used to be a stormtrooper. Uh, you know, so, so uh, I, I think all of Disney's properties are, are kind of, you know, playing it fast and loose with all the accents uh, yeah. <laughs> in there. But like, uh, but I think like Wanda still had her like Eastern European accent, uh, back in civil war but i think starting maybe infinity war like yeah. that just like disappeared and mm-hmm. i think uh or or slightly disappeared but maybe uh i would say i haven't rewatched endgame just to make sure about the accents and everything but uh one reason i'm trying to i'm throwing a bone i mean i'm throwing a you know a lifeline to the TV show in terms of, of uh, accents, uh, a TV show that, that I've really enjoyed uh, up till now. Uh, but like, uh, it's probably because it has to fit into that like 1950s, 1960s. Like it's supposed to be yeah. a, uh, like uh, a weird kind of Twilight Zone-ish version of I Love Lucy in the first yeah. episode. And um, yeah, and then uh, Wanda's yeah, accent yeah. is yeah. like totally, her the way she talks, there is a reason for it in in this because like yeah in the mcu she kind of like makes her way towards american but mm-hmm. she's very transatlantic in these first two episodes and there's a reason because like they're 
technically as like in a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a 1950s sitcom. It's like I was like, yeah, vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like okay, so uh, let's take let's talk through each episode. So like the the first episode, uh, like. It, it plays out exactly as a 1950s uh, sitcom. Like they show up like, oh, just married or something. And then they, it's like a play on, uh, I guess, like Bewitched and yeah. and I Love Lucy. And yeah. like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, more supernatural versions of of, uh, of those like TV shows. Yeah, they even do like the 1950s version of like all their effects. Like whenever Wanda does any sort of like, of her powers you don't see like the red like wispies coming out it's literally like you, it feels like it's things on a string basically <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it feels like but i think they they took uh like they they it took a lot of effort and, and they really you know gave a lot to this tv show to make it look as if it were a tv show from like the 1950s yeah like i mean the, there are a few things where like okay that they couldn't have done it that way back then but it's still like close enough but for in general, uh, it's just like they really made it fit that that vibe that they were going for. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like things don't just like uh, vision, for example, like he goes from his cyborg self to like his human camouflaged, you know, mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. So he just like shakes his head and then like, you know, animated, like drawn on sparks right. <laughs> here on his face. And then, oh, he looks human. And then, you know, because it's a whole thing like uh, they're supposed to. So they play it like it's this new couple in town and uh, she's a witch and he's a cyborg or yeah. it's not really a cyborg. He's so a robot. How do they fit into the neighborhood? How do they fit into the And they're trying to fit in and not let people know that like he's a robot and yeah. she's uh, a and witch. It's, in a weird way, they put some effort into the stories in, in the yeah. first two episodes where they're it's like, funny. yeah, it, it, it's like you, you can tell what they're doing, but then somewhere along the way you actually get into the stories and it's like, mm -hmm. And it's like the kind of stories and the kind of humor you would expect from a 1950s thing. But yeah. right when you're kind of getting into the, the, the story of the episode of like the sitcom, yeah. whatever the sitcom story is, that's when they hit you with something, something that's like, yeah. like right, they, they, they basically put effort into putting your, keeping your guard down before they mm -hmm. remind you that this is, this is a Marvel show, you know? Yeah, yeah yeah i think like uh they 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 replay they replay with comedy really well and it's sort of and you're like if wanda and vision were like you know sitcom characters in the 1950s right. uh, you would totally make jokes about this or that or like you know uh vision is since he's a robot like he can compute things really quickly and he's like you know computing all these numbers at work and like you know super fast yeah. Like, oh well, like our productivity has gone up three hundred percent since you since you joined Vision, you yeah. know, or something like you know. Uh, but I think like things get weird once uh, you know another trope of those TV shows is when like inevitably uh, Vision's boss invites himself uh, to dinner to their house yeah, yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think has always been like a plot point in most of these TV shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And forgetting anniversaries. That's, that's yeah, forgetting like anniversaries. Like, like they, yes. Yeah. The thing is like, because like his boss is named Mr. Hart or something. And mm -hmm. there's a whole thing about having a heart on a calendar. I was like, what does the heart mean? And it, it kind of feels like a dream in that, like they don't remember how they, how they got there. And yeah. like, you know, the boss starts, Oh, so what's your story? How do you meet? How do you get married? How do you do this? How do you do that? And right. then they're like, I don't know. Like, I can't remember. Like, I don't know. And it's sort of like, oh, okay, so what, you know, it sort of gives you an inkling about what's happening yeah. around this very, I guess, contained uh, 1950s sitcom. It's like, there's something yeah. more and nothing is really as it seems, which I mean, if you followed most of the MCU, you know that there's something weird going on here from yeah. the beginning. And it's but, like, uh, um... yeah. And and in the first episode, there's only maybe like a few moments when um, they step out of, I guess, the sitcom, like like yeah. like the sitcom world or like the sitcom sense of reality, mm -hmm. because um, like the whole yeah, that's the whole plot of the first episode where like uh, they're in the sitcom and they move into a na new neighborhood and they have to like 
hide that they have they have powers and basically you're kind of going along with it and it plays out exactly like a sitcom except for one scene actually earlier on in the episode they have like a fake commercial where like a a toaster toaster, like lights up and it's like red and it's the only color later in the episode though there's a part where the boss is like choking on something yeah and the boss's wife is like stop it you're kidding stop it you're kidding yeah it's like stop it stop it that scene actually because like he started going like yeah 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 it it was was sort of really weird because like (laughs) yeah (laughs) because at first like he was like why why are you here why are you here and then he starts choking and then yeah. his wife was like, <laughs> she, you know, at first yeah. you're like, oh, stop it. Like she's acting as if it were like a joke or something. And then like, you know, he keeps choking yeah. and then she's like, stop it. And then you're wondering, you start wondering if she, is she saying that to her husband or is she saying that to Wanda? Cause it seems like she turns her head a little bit and goes like, stop it, stop it, stop yeah. it. You oh, know, yeah, and, she, and, uh, like, stop she it. turns her head a little bit and you're like, okay, so there's more like, you know, it seems to me, or although I think it'll be a bit more uh, evident in the second episode, uh, it, it's like, it's not like Wanda has a part to play in this in terms of like, she is one of the causes for this, Yeah, you know, whether, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we'll have a theory section at the end of this just yeah. to see what our well, predictions well, I, are. I, well, I'll, I'll just say this for now is that that was like the first inkling of, you know, we'll save that for the end. Cause let's talk about the second episode first, and mm-hmm. then we can do theories. Yeah, yeah. So like the the second episode, uh, we jump like you know into another decade. So mm-hmm. the 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 shots are different. The ratio is different. Like you know the format. Wait, it was, like, it was yeah. still like uh, one by one. It was ratio, still. Bl- uh, thing is, the first one was like, um, I think it was one by one, and then yeah. it might have been. It looked like sixteen by nine to me, but I might be wrong. Because I uh, three by like four. Oh a, no, no, three by four. Three by four. Yeah, three by four. Yeah. And uh, but just like the the cinematography is different, like they switched to like the three camera thing. So it's like in the sixties, oh, I was I, a big fan of uh, like growing up. You know, I was you know growing up in the nineties and early two thousands. Like my parents, yeah. they grew up in the sixties, so yeah. they used to buy these VH, VHS tapes of like I Love Lucy, My Favorite Martian. And then, yeah. like, my favorite Martian uses very similar cin- cinematography to what they use in, in episode two of WandaVision. Because oh. you get th- that wide of yeah. the house slash apartment. It's a house, like, the, the wide shot of, of uh, the room. And then, like, a sort of, de- like, cowboy shot, like, you know, from the waist up. Right. Uh, Mid shot, like, you know, looking at one character, <laughs> then the other. And then back to the wide. And it's sort of, like, very similar. And it's 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 very eerie for you know for people who ha- have watched these shows you're like wow like that they went into that much detail like yeah see i, th- I thought <laughs> it was the same decade but the fact that they were doing starting to do outdoor shots and they were starting to change yeah. it i thought that was i thought it was the same decade but when things started to get more cinematic or when shots got more complicated that was when they were starting to snap back into reality yeah because yeah. like i, I, I because, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, did, I didn't notice that it was different decades, but there was, like, one scene. I noticed when they start to find clues, even if it's three-by-four ratio, that's when, like, the camera starts to be a little less stiff, and that's yeah. just kind of... Yeah, the thing is, like, you can yeah. tell, like, you know, there are things that appear in, right. in the world, and that's when they shift into, like, that different, like, more modern mm-hmm. uh, form of uh, filmmaking. So you'll have like a, you know, a white screenshot when she discovers something in her garden that's in color. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then you're like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, you really feel like there's a world outside trying to get in and you don't know if those guys are trying to help Wanda or, you know, the opposite. So, yeah. um, you know, what I found also interesting was just like also the clothing and it's sort of like the what what Wanda wears is very reminiscent of like uh uh 
I can't remember what she's called, uh, but she, she was in the Dick Van Dyke show. She was, she plays his wife and she was the first woman to actually wear pants or okay, I'm not yeah. sure she was the first woman to wear pants on TV, but she was like, I guess if one of the first mainstream successes to look like a more modern, oh. um, uh, like see, see, this is this, this is actually you know. showing to me how much I overthought it because like I thought when she, <laughs> I thought when she came down wearing pants and a little bit more modern clothes I thought she was like those were like signs of her snapping out of like the sitcom reality because things got a little more modern and I thought every time something felt a little bit more modern that was like her snapping out of the reality so when she came down with pants I thought she was supposed to be in a dress but she messed up and didn't find, do that detail. I mean, maybe, but maybe, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. but it's know. like, okay. So like uh, that actress I was thinking about was called uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, Mary Tyler, and, Wait, Mary Tyler, uh, Mary Moore, Tyler was in Moore. The Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, really? Yeah. That, the, that's what uh, brought her to fame. Oh, okay. Because I just knew the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mary Tyler Moore, but then like the Mary Tyler Moore show was like in the seventies, I think. Like yeah. uh, it was sort of like, and okay. Little side note: what was interesting is that they were trying to, the, you know, at first she was supposed to be divorced. I think of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. And the thing is, like, she had been so famous for being Dick Van Dyke's wife in the Dick Van Dyke show that they didn't want people to think that she had divorced the fictional Dick Van Dyke yeah. <laughs> in the show. So I just, okay, she's just like single. And I think that's what they went with. Right. So like, imagine like what a different era we're in now. <laughs> yeah, just, I know. That, that was like an issue back then. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's weird, but that same issue is still around where like people want to believe what's on the screen is true basically. Cause like mm -hmm. that's happening with like influencers and stuff on YouTube. Like, yeah like people like things on youtube are becoming more and more manufactured and there's still a desperation from the audience to believe what they're seeing is like what yeah. they think is real and i think like, I, I think the, the the sitcom thing there has to be a purpose for this because like mm -hmm. I, I noticed it more like i i noticed i noticed it more i guess like like leaving i feel like i talk about this all the time when i left away but yeah seriously when i left when i that, left my home my, my heart home. i know <laughs> but like my but like you notice that consistently sitcoms are the thing that taught people like especially american sitcoms are consistently the ones that taught people mm -hmm. english or taught people how to be friendly or taught this or that so that became kind of like a sense of reality for a lot of people so there has to be a connection between that and mm. what WandaVision is trying to do. If that guess, makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. But keep going. The thing is like, when you already think about the casting and that's the, also the case for the first episode, like uh, I think um, WandaVision's friends slash colleagues, depending on the episode, yeah. he uh, he's not white. So yeah. you're like, you know, that would not have happened back then. <laughs> so yeah, that's, exactly. that's something. And I, uh, I didn't find the guy's name, but maybe we'll find him for the next episode if he reappears. But yeah. it's like, uh, but you know, he's the guy who, uh, you know, the, also the in the second episode you see what I believe to be uh, Monica Rambeau. Uh, yeah. You know, that the, uh, she, in the comics, you know, she was like yeah. Captain Marvel, I think, at one point. Then Pulsar and Proton, like, you yeah. know. I think most people don't know who she is, but you can recognize her by, you know, she's the little girl in Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's the daughter. Yeah, but and then, but then somehow now, oh yeah, because oh yeah, Captain Marvel was in the '90s, so this would uh, be yeah. her. Yeah, this now. would be her appropriate, yeah. like the right age. Ta yeah. Also, taking into account the whole like five years, I don't know if she was snapped or not, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> like <laughs> she might have been snapped or not, so that would add a few years. So yeah. you, you never know, but, um, and then like, you're like, okay, so how did she get locked up in there? I mean, for people, I mean, for people who don't know who she is, uh, but I'm sure you true believers out there who are listening to us probably already know that, but it's like, uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to be honest, like the fact that she's Monica Rambeau and then like, if yeah, you know the comics. I, I wish I knew less. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like if it came out when it yeah. was supposed to come out, 
we would have had like less spoilers but yeah uh, i guess since they had to like delay the release date they're kind of like they had to like feed us breadcrumbs like marvel basically had to feed us breadcrumbs to just to keep like the momentum of the marketing going and yeah. that was something i i kind of wish i didn't know <laughs> yeah and things yeah. like all the I, I saw a bunch of interviews and they interviewed her uh, i can't I, I i don't remember her name uh, the the actress's name but like the the uh, woman who plays uh, i think it was tiana uh, cuz i was just looking it up before this tiana paris yeah yeah, so like Tiana Paris, they were interviewing her and they're like, oh, so you're playing Monica Rambeau? And they're like, okay, well, you know, screw, who cares about spoilers now? But yeah, okay. it's sort of like, but I think even now with all the stuff that we sort of little snippets here and there, like I still don't know what's happening. But like we know that by the, the end of this season, mm-hmm. it's supposed to tie in directly to Doctor Strange and the, multi, the multiverse of madness. Yeah. So like... Uh, uh, before I go into theories and, and like, you know, theory, you know, whatever I think might happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to talk about like, just like the magic show that they organized is pretty funny. Um, like vision since he's, he can't eat, like he doesn't eat like his to fit in. He's, he tries to eat gum or something and then he swallows it and it gums up his work. So it's, yeah, that was the like, entire, as if he was drunk or something. Yeah. That was yeah. the entire like point of the second episode was like, Oh yeah. no, he's drunk. Cause yeah, he's drunk, but actually it's a, he's, you know, he's, he has literally gum in his works. Like yeah. have gummed up his, his, you know, cogs and things. That was part <laughs> of the, one of the jokes, right? I'm gummed up or something like that. I was like, Oh, every, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it was something like that and uh but then it makes so wanda uses her magic to sort of like uh make the magic show more believable because he can't control himself and he does things that normal human beings wouldn't be able to do and i was like right. how the fuck is he doing that yeah, and yeah. she's like oh, oh it's it's a wire see you know <laughs> and then she like summons a wire out of nowhere oh he's floating because he's he's hanging from the wire see that whole scene it, it was weird because i actually kind of gave into the comedy of it i was like mm-hmm. And there were moments when I was like, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah, no, it is. It is really funny. Thing is like, that, that's like what I found cheesy, kind of like... surprising. And it's it sort of, I think it, it, it's a different type of comedy than like the Whedon-esque, uh, like quip here and quip there. And like, oh, we're so cool. We're riding a motorcycle. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I think when the uh, Russo brothers took over, like, let's say the, the big Avengers movies, plus like civil war i feel like the comedy changed a little bit and yeah. uh, for the better in my opinion they, they, they actually said they made an effort maybe they're i think they were just talking about the costumes but i think they did mention trying to keep things more grounded like yeah. that was their goal i don't know if they're talking about just the costumes or the entire I think it's also the characters like just yeah. the characters like because like um you know, when, when you, when I rewatch like, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron or especially yeah. the first Avengers, like, uh, Scar, you know, Scarlet, uh, no, sorry, Black Widow. Yeah. She acts like a agent that you'd hear like a World War II type soldiers like, hey doc, we got all the toys for you. And they're like, you know, when were you born in 1950? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of like you know some of these lines that felt like you know it was the first time we saw a movie of that like size and a story of that like magnitude uh in, in superhero movies but it was like when i watch it again i'm like this they don't feel like real characters that i can really uh empath- empathize with and like right. tony stark felt a lot more like an asshole in the in the first two Avengers movies than any other movie. And yeah. then he's way more believable and tortured, like, you know, in Civil War, uh, Infinity mm-hmm. War, all those movies. I, I just feel like they, the Russo brothers and whoever the writers were on, uh, like, you know, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame, I feel like they got the characters right. And mm-hmm. uh, And from that, like, the humor plays into, like, a realistic you know yeah uh like the whole rivalry between uh what's his name uh bucky and falcon yeah. like you know it's like oh i hate you and stuff like that that's really funny and it doesn't feel forced yeah and uh you know like 
it's sort of like, I feel like they upgraded in terms of like humor, even though it's still sort of like sad moment, then funny moment to not feel bad for too long. (laughs) Stuff like that. And, uh, but WandaVision is very different from everything else that so the far. MCU has come up with. So far. So far, because um, they're, they're dropping us some like breadcrumb, breadcrumbs in the episodes about what's really going on. Yeah. Like, um, there are only like maybe like one or two moments in the first episode that kind of hinted at what was really happening. And the second yeah. episode, they, they upped that. Like, they have... Um, Wanda finding like the colorful helicopter in uh in her black and white yeah. bushes and then there was yeah. um and there's a sword logo on that helicopter by the yeah. way uh yeah and you're like okay sword and then I mean at Very, the end of the first episode you also see a sword logo somewhere yeah and uh and, it's but just then, like hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and by the end of uh the second episode it goes all into like all color so you know that the whole black and white slowly becoming color it's not going to be like pleasantville like by the second episode i, I guess they figured out okay this shtick is going to be done like we're not going to keep this going on forever like it's slowly coming into color you know but yeah. <laughs> but um the other thing that happened in <laughs> the other thing that happened in the second episode at like before everything went into color is that wanda and um vision they look out at a manhole cover outside of their house and there's like a, a guy beekeeper a, that comes yeah, out a beekeeper that comes out of the manhole and yeah. uh he also has the sword logo on his back yeah uh and you're like okay and then she just says no and then everything rewinds so mm-hmm. that that was like one of the f- probably the first real inkling to me that yeah. that like tells you like okay she has control of what's going on here yep or at least uh, uh like some control maybe not hundred percent but like yeah. maybe someone's uh yeah you know, that kind manipulating of, yeah. her or something yeah that you know, solidified it for me that she was in control because the first episode i guess when she said vision help that hinted at it but her saying no yeah. and having like a full rewind that yeah. basically said yeah this is um yeah it, they all like in the first episode when that guy is uh when the boss is choking it felt like a sims game where it's like no one's doing anything yeah so wanda has to tell him like you know help him and then right. you know like a robot or something and then he's like okay i'm gonna help him and uh you know it, it's sort of like uh and they're all looking like but imagine if sims were like real people and it's kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm still not sure if Vision is back or if it's just like a, an entity that uh, Wanda created in her in this world that that we're in. Yeah. Uh, because, like, you know, in the comics, this uh, is sort of like loosely referencing House of M, mm-hmm. uh, where she, where Scarlet Witch actually, I think she she gets rid of all mutants in the world okay uh and like she creates a world where she still has her kids or something and then i haven't read the comic so i'm not gonna butcher it but you know she has a control over reality in a way that might be on par probably i mean in the comics it's like immeasurable right but right it's it's uh it's probably on par with the infinity gauntlet and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. like a like a, a tool of that power in the MCU. Right. So it seems like, you know, throughout so far, her she's, journey, she's yeah. getting more and more powerful. And what she's and, doing uh, now yeah. is like a smaller version of House of M. Instead of yeah. creating her or, or, like her own universe, she's yeah, basically like creating a like a little sitcom <laughs> world for herself. Yeah. It's like okay. a little town somewhere, like, you know, under the dome. Except the yeah. dome is just like a TV screens. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh yeah, and then Dottie, they, they had that scene where like the lady that runs like the Tupperware committee or whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like yeah, what she, happens she, is that like, uh, she yeah. cuts her hand and there's like actual red blood that comes out. And yeah. when that happens, while that's happening on the radio, there's somebody that's like, Wanda, can you hear me? And Dottie. Yeah, who's doing this very, to you. And yeah. Dottie's talking very matter of factly the whole time. Like, I know who you are. So I yeah. don't know what role she's going to play, but she's going to be... I don't know. 
it's uh, because I, I think she starts the conversation with, I know you, who you are and you shouldn't be here or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then you hear like, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Like on the radio, she, who's doing this to you? Yeah. And uh, you're like, you know, and I'm wondering, is someone doing this to her or is she doing it to herself? Like that's the, yeah. uh, you know, the thinking, I, I was thinking about, you know, since uh, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be a direct like, follow up to what happens in WandaVision mm -hmm. like uh th there have been rumors that the bad uh guy like the villain was going to be Mephisto uh like you know Lord of of Nightmares or something which mm -hmm. is a, a dimension in, in the Marvel universe like it's a, a nightmare dimension mm -hmm. and uh maybe she's like I mean uh, I don't know if Mephisto is a he or she but you know we'll just you know they um <laughs> Uh, they like M Mephisto pro might be manipulating something, but then I'm I'm still I, I'm still well, wondering well, like is well, this also maybe Sword is keep is locking people up and then someone's well, trying to help? Well, I mean like they are in they are also in a literal TV show because they show at the end yeah. of the first episode that somebody's yeah. actually somebody's watching. watching. Like and the TV show. that that's that's the first time I saw the Sword logo. It was like on the side of that screen. There's like a Sword logo. Yeah. It seems like, okay, did S.W.O.R.D. put these people in there to keep them from doing damage? Yeah, or, because, and, or is S.W.O.R.D. Uh, trying to save them? Like, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, you don't know. I or is it like an offshoot of S.W.O.R.D.? Did you watch the Marvel Legends thing where it was like a, it was like a recap on uh, yeah. Wanda and um, Vision? Because I, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't see the one about Vision, but when I was watching the uh, seven-minute episode about of Wanda or Scarlet Witch, uh, they basically hit. They they basically gathered clips together to remind you that she was considered a powerful weapon that mm -hmm. you know had to be controlled. Like they spent a lot of effort yeah. on showing, especially Civil War, and they even included the quote that didn't exactly have to do with Scarlet Witch. But when um, General Ross said, "Like, do you know where Thor and Hulk is right now?" if I was missing two nuclear bombs, then I would be pretty accountable or something like that. Yeah. So I, I think you're hitting it on the head actually that they're being contained in something yeah. or that she's being contained in something. And I think where she's being contained, she's able to create a universe where she's being contained. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, because like what also sort of made me think about, uh, makes me kind of believe in that theory is uh, that like Monica Rambeau is there and she's supposed mm -hmm. to be a super powerful character in the comics and mm -hmm. uh, probably will be in the MCU mm -hmm. on par with Captain Marvel, I would say. Uh, like uh, she, she's also there. So is she also in this prison and then like Wanda out of grief and just like after what happened to Vision and Infinity War and like she couldn't bring him back after Endgame, like did she just create this world and then S.W.O.R.D. has lost control sort of thing, maybe. Um, it, it's sort of like there's so many things that might be true or might happen, but it's sort of like it feels, uh, it, it's not what it, it's, it is not what it seems, yeah. but I feel like sword has something to do with it maybe hydra has taken over a part of sword and maybe that's why uh you got these hydra type you know uh that swiss uh that swiss watch ad that they mm -hmm. show in the second with episode the, it's like logo right? yeah like strucker strucker and then yeah. like swiss made uh like you know hydra they got the hydra logo on there it's like is it sort of like because hydra did infiltrate shield and that was like a whole the whole plot of uh, winter soldier yeah. And uh, like that might still be the case in the new like sword. Yeah, I hope they somehow go back to that. Like everything that they kind of ignored in the MCU to basically concentrate on the bigger buildup, what's going on. Mm -hmm. I hope they at least go back to like what the effects yeah. of all of those were. Because yeah, Hydra's yeah. still around, you know. <laughs> Hydra's still there, and uh, I mean maybe. Uh, maybe the the Hydra Easter egg in that watch is just like a reference to the guy who created uh, Wanda and uh, her brother. Uh, you know, g gave them uh, their their powers. Maybe it's just like a reference to like, oh yeah, that's you know, uh, 
but I feel like there's something there's something in there. Although the Hydra logo, I think, only shows up once, and the Sword logo shows up like at least three or four times. So, <laughs> so you have to imagine like, okay, uh, Sword is definitely involved in this, and uh, but to what extent? Like, are they trying to get a hold of the situation? Uh, did they put Wanda in that sort of like in a prison or something, and then she created a world for her? for herself or maybe uh you know there are a lot of different mm -hmm. ways that this can go and i'm and i'm sort of like i was kind of on the fence about wandavision like uh, i i had a, a few of my friends uh back home were like what what is this like i don't know what to make yeah. of it you know they're, they're just looking at the previews yeah uh, the, the trailers and everything and i was like well i'm not going to judge it until i see it and to be honest like i really enjoyed it and there and it's it's such a pleasure to look at something and not know what's going to happen. Like yeah. that doesn't happen often to well, me show, anyway. Like, yeah. This is, um, <laughs> this was actually the one I was like least looking forward to out of all the Marvel shows they announced. But yeah, as I'm here. watching it, it's um, like, I like that. I like what they're going for in a weird way. It reminds me the most of reading comic books growing up. Hmm. Like, we've been in an era before where they had to uh where i guess like like producers and directors writers had to make comic book characters and comic book situations feel more like what movies at the time felt especially like the 90s and that's how you came with like blade and x-men and everything and, and all those kinds of movies but then uh when the avengers came around they're like no screw it we're not we're, we're gonna make it feel like a comic book you know, yeah. and I feel like we're finally going into this weird middle point convergence of the two where it can feel cinematic, but feel exactly like a comic book. Like you can do things exactly like a comic book now and it feels like that's what cinematic is supposed to be. If that makes any yeah. sense. And like the reason why WandaVision so far reminds me the most of a comic book is because they, in comic books, they literally throw you right into the action and they end on a little cliffhanger. Like, yeah. that's why it, I kind of had a hard time getting into comic books. Like, I grew up in the 2000s. And there, there were moments I had a hard time growing in, like, into comic what? books. Because, like, yeah. Why is this would, happening? And then you realize just, later what was happening. <laughs> yeah. They would literally just throw you right in. And they would confuse you. And then, like, you'd have, like, little clues at the end to kind of, like, tie the whole plot together. And so far, that's kind of like, that, that, that's what WandaVision is doing. It's not playing like a traditional TV show. In yeah. fact, I've read, read like quotes comparing this to like Twin, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was something I just kept hearing about over the years as like being an I, inspiration I for filmmakers, but I never actually watched it. But I, I heard it compared to Twin Peaks, which in turn inspired Atlanta and in turn, and it's probably inspiring this show. So it's like the weird stuff from before is now kind of like seeping its way into like the mainstream. And that, and that one part in the first, now that we're talking about David Lynch, that part in the first episode where vision is where, where the boss is choking and vision has to save mm -hmm. the boss. That whole scene, that whole part reminded me of a uh, eraser head. Just like yeah. the eerie, the eeriness and the surrealness. Yeah, of it, like, it was very eerie. And, and, the, and the, the, that yeah. seventy show mom wife like crying, but like smiling at the same time. I was like, this without the streaming era, especially this kind of show with and this this kind of show happening within like a billion dollar franchise that's like the mainstream franchise now would not have existed you know you either had your weird experimental shows or you had your mainstream shows and now wandavision if this blows up we're gonna see you know less lines in between the two and that's what yeah. i like I, I love it no i think like it's 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 very refreshing to have something so different in a right. like universe in a universe of movies that I think a lot of people complain that it's just like they all seem very similar. Like it's always the same right. or something, you know, like, oh, you know, hey, superheroes, like explosions, things, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not in that camp. Like I, I like each 
MCU movie for like different reasons and, and not just because of explosions and shit, although that's always fun. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's just, I feel like it's the most cerebral thing I've seen in the MCU up till mm-hmm. now. It's because it really fighting. makes you think. Kevin, it, it's like, I know all the movies and it's like a combination, it's team effort between everyone, but I'm starting to wonder if a head honcho like Kevin Feige has ever existed for a franchise ever because everything that comes out of the mcu no matter how experimental and stuff feels authentic and it's playing out like maybe not the aesthetic of a comic book but it has almost like the pacing of it's like i like i i don't know what it's like kevin feige is is the first boss i know of it of of his kind that basically I think it's like it. he, he's a guy <laughs> because he was he worked on the uh like he's been in the industry for a really long time like even before Iron Man like he was in the uh he was part of the X-Men movies like he right. was uh, part of the production there yeah. like uh he I think the be like the first movies were a bit like you know let's let's try it safe let's play it safe and I think the the whole Infinity Saga got better Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, to me, they, they, the movies got better with a few exceptions, but right. uh, like now it feels like they had everything buttoned up and everything had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. It feels like now that they've pulled it off, like, the, you know, like what, 10 years of movies, right? Uh, 10, 11, 12, can't remember exactly. Uh, you know, I feel like they're, they feel like they have the space to play around. Because they they managed to go from Iron Man one to Endgame, right. and it's it's like first the first time this has ever happened in in, in the world of entertainment. So yeah. you're like, uh, it, it's a pretty crazy feat when you think about it. Having all these yeah. interconnected movies that fit together but are still yeah. different enough to feel individual individualistic to me. Yeah, like uh, they they still feel like their own thing. Yeah, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. especially. I would, I would say. Yeah. I think Guardians of the Galaxy kind of I think opened up doors, and yeah. it and it yeah. basically set the tone for what the MCU could be from then on. Because before, yeah. the MC, before that movie, the MCU was like, we're gonna get the superheroes. Yeah, they're yeah. B-less, but we're gonna get the superheroes. They're gonna do superhero things and superhero. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, basically, they took some like a very unknown property um, mm. and gave it a very individualistic story, but then also gave it a soundtrack that crossed generations. I think the soundtrack, I don't think you can underestimate like how important the soundtrack of that movie was. And it basically, it just opened doors to yeah. creating a universe. Yeah. I think it's like it tied everything Rather together another- like that, that soundtrack, because like Guardians of the Galaxy, being out in space is weird, right. like for most people. But then, like that music sort of tied it more. It grounded it almost. It grounded it, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and made it that much more enjoyable because, like, they're they're good songs. But yeah. uh, it's it's. <laughs> but like, I remember watching Guardians of the Galaxy and thinking, like, this is better than Age of Ultron. I can't remember if it came out before or after, but I felt like this is as big as an Avengers movie because mm-hmm. they're saving a whole planet and you're like okay this is like you know big stakes and it's just like and we just met these characters right, right. so and like the the type of humor like i feel like that was a big departure from the whedon-esque yeah um uh, you know th- i feel like there's like a before and after uh right. gardens of the galaxy as like y- you you said and and i feel like it was a they realized that other types of humor work and you yeah. don't have to uh do the whole like we're superheroes, hey, you know, she yeah. and uh, yeah. here are all and the then, toys for you, Doc. It's it's amazing, hey, you know. Speaking like, of universes, <laughs> um, Cobra Kai, aka the Cobra Mandalorian Kai. for Karate Kid nerds. <laughs> um, I'm halfway through <laughs> season three right now, and like we're talking about Kevin Feige and how he's a head honcho that seems like he really cares. The more I watch Cobra Kai and the more I watch them somehow strike this balance between 
cheesy and heartfelt and action-packed and having the right flashbacks to like explain to people at certain times like i i gotta look up the name of the creators of the show because they were the ones that um made harold and kumar and also directed american reunion so which was and the american pie franchise was also something that they were like super fans of it's like i i they 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 seem to me like they should have been the people that like took on a movie like solo like solo was supposed to be for phil lord and chris miller who wanted to like run off and do their own thing but these guys seem like they would have done something in the vein of what you know captain kennedy probably expected of phil lord and chris miller but they would have done it and still been respectful to the mm -hmm. franchise and yeah. the more i'm watching the season the, the recent season of cobra kai i'm like these are the guys that should be like these are the kinds of guys that should be leading franchises from here on out the kevin feige's the cobra kai guys the the john favreau's it's like yeah, the, the, the nerds. The, the nerds, but the ones who respect <laughs> the essence more than yeah. the surface. Like, that know how yeah. to throw the surface stuff at you every so often, but is really in tune with well, what the it's, essence it's, became. Uh, yeah, the thing is, I, I feel like you need a, a, a big amount of respect to get it right. Like, a big amount of respect to the original, uh, you know, a material to get to get future things right. And it's just like, uh, so, so I just looked at uh, the, uh, the dates when Guardians of the Galaxy came out in Age of Ultron. So Age of Ultron came out a year after Guardians of the Galaxy. That was like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was 2014 and Age of Ultron was uh, 2015. Mm. And um, yeah, and then we'll, we'll go back to, to Cobra Kai. But like, uh, I remember being disappointed in Age of Ultron when I saw it. And all my friends were like, yeah, but it was cool, man. And I'm like, dude this was so disappointing oh dude that was me during uh thor the dark world like that's when i realized i, mean, that I, I was, was kind that, of a movie let's snob. not even talk about that that was like the the, the worst movie of dude, the during MCU. that movie when i told people i felt like <laughs> meh about it because there were I, I saw it like on a like there was like a college field trip thing or something and like yeah but it's thor. i was the only one that was like i was i, no, I was uh, the one yeah. that was like huh. <laughs> I you know things like I had one I have one friend uh he's one of my best friends and like he never liked the MCU movies except for Guards in the Galaxy yeah. and he was like oh it's the same as the other MCU movies and I'm like no it's worse you know like Age of Ultron it's worse like yeah. <laughs> but yeah going back to uh the, the nerds uh but but it's like uh I feel like uh people like John Favreau or uh, Dave Filoni. I, I just wanted to mention something about Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. Like, if you watch, uh, I think it's like Disney Legacy or Star Wars Legacy, like the the sort of companion uh, documentary, like making of thing that they released on Disney Plus after uh, Mandalorian season two came out. Yeah. There's there are moments where I feel like uh, John Favreau is the is the guy who likes to experiment, and mm -hmm. Dave Filoni is the guy who tells him like, this is not Star Wars. Let's just like put it down, push it down a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. and <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, they, case in point, like, uh, when Mando, uh, leaves that one-eyed alien, uh, played by, uh, John Leguizamo in that first episode of season two, uh, John Favreau wanted him to say McClunky, which is something that, uh, Greedo says before he gets killed by Han Solo yeah. in A New Hope, and then I was like, why would he say that? And then Dave Filoni was like, yeah, but like, that's a, that's a, that's a Greedo thing. That's not a Mando thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, yes, Dave Filoni. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. But it's like, sort of like, you know, outside of the show, it's a good balance. It, it's a good if balance. If it was anyone else that was like the, the head honcho of like Lucasfilm or something, they would have given, they would have given power to either John Favreau or yeah. Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni would have made it, great but it would be hard to follow and then john favreau yeah. would have like too much fun stuff and it would yeah, be, like, it, would be right, yeah. it would be too disney you know <laughs> yeah or too much like easter eggs from like yeah hey, remember that piece of paper that was in the background yeah that's yeah. uh it's like hey whatever. you know do you remember that random thing like that happened back yeah. in the day you know like <laughs> every time no. i think of john favreau i just think of four christmases have you seen that movie no, I haven't seen it. No. He plays basically uh, the main the main guy character because it's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. He plays his brother, and he's like an mm -hmm. MMA fighter. 
Right? <laughs> he says something like, but, welcome to the octagon, bitch, or something. Damn, like, that, you know, he's probably, like, John Favreau was in Friends, like, uh, well, you, you've never watched Friends, but he plays a similar character in Friends. Like, he's a rich guy yeah. who goes out with one of the main characters. And uh thing is, he doesn't know, he, it seems, it feels like he doesn't know what to do with his money. So he decides to start like MMA or boxing or something. And he gets his ass handed to him and the ring is like, I can do it, babe. I can do it. And then like, he still gets his ass kicked. But it, it's, uh, it's just, I feel like, imagine that guy from France, like 10 years later. And that's like four Christmases, John Favreau. Because <laughs> <And laughs> he lost all his money in the ring. You know what else like, threw me like, off? <laughs> um, have you seen The Social Dilemma? Yes, yes, I have. You know, you know the kid that plays like the main teenager that like he's like hanging like, uh, like at the end yeah. he's just like hanging and turning around. He's also in yeah. Four Christmases, and he was I think John Favreau's nep- nephew or something. And mm-hmm. he's the kid that beats up Vince Vaughn and says, "Google me, bitch! <laughs> I want to check yourself, Barbara." <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man, I, I got to see that movie. I gotta oh see that god, movie. it's like it it. It was like number four on Netflix the other day. It was like two weeks after Christmas and it was like one of the top Netflix yeah. movies. So okay. I don't know. I'm going gonna to check like, it out. It is, uh, it is a great anti-Christmas movie almost. <laughs> that, The Ref. There, there was a time. Is, isn't was a every Vince Vaughn movie an anti-something movie? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday. Like, no, it's like movie. Freaky. I think that yeah. the latest movie he did, like Freaky, is like a anti Freaky Friday movie. It's like yeah. imagine a Freaky Friday movie that's not like funny, uh, or not funny, but like isn't wholesome. It's it's not like a family movie. It's just like a fucked up experiment yeah. about like serial killers. You, you are actually uh, making me go through his like entire catalog in my head. And wedding Crashers. Of, yeah, no wedding. Was it dodgeball was like an anti? Actually, no, it's not. It's basically. not. It's not anti-wedding. It's anti-marriage. It, it's sort of you know. It, it's sort of like uh, because like they like weddings, but they yeah. don't want to get married themselves until he meets. Well, well uh, this one just has that uh, face. The that freaky you... woman that that he you know likes to have sex with. Yeah. In the movie. You know actually, he was uh, um he was Patrick Patrick yeah. Bateman in uh the Psycho remake. Yeah. Yeah. That was so that was an anti good movie, I guess. <laughs> that was an anti good movie. An anti, what are you doing? <laughs> that, yeah, it was like, uh, but he can really. I feel like Vince Vaughn has a lot of range uh, that yeah. a lot of people don't give him enough credit for. And but I, he but just has I, that face yeah. of like, I don't like you. So I think they yeah. just use that that to their advantage. Like every filmmaker, yeah. he just has a fuck everybody and everything face. I think the only time I felt that Vince Vaughn was totally wasted was uh, in True Detective season two. Like, yeah. I think that sort of, you know, put push the brakes on most of the careers of the people who were in that season. Cause it was like the worst True Detective ever. It was so boring. Like you had like Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn, um, Rachel McAdams. Uh, and you're like, these are good actors. It's just like the 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 whole thing was a bit off. Yeah. And um, you know, I didn't see Vince Vaughn for a while after that came out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, Vince Vaughn, is your career still going on? Or but I'm I'm happy to say that it still is going. It's still yeah, alive. It's still it's still thriving. But it's. Uh, <laughs> but who, I think the, who knew the, this was going to turn into a Vince Vaughn love sesh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you never know and that's why you listen to our podcast listeners yeah uh, <laughs> at, least, at least we, we hope that's you. why you listen to us i feel like he's gonna show up in the mcu like the same way owen wilson was randomly in uh yeah wow you're in the you're loki yeah no one cares here if you're loki <laughs> i feel like vince vaughn is gonna be like one of those random characters at some point yeah i'm actually i hope maybe uh thing is like he should just be a random character who shows up and like who's really good but i don't want him to be a villain or a superhero i want it to be like a guy that's there but has like you know steals the show in that one scene or two and you know a bit like agent colson in the first movies you're like oh agent colson you're there (laughs) it's sort of like you know something like that you know where i could Uh, see him being like another person of like thanos's like species because he has a thanos face but I feel yeah, like his got, mannerisms he, he, are too. He like, needs the the raked chin, yeah. <laughs> just the, the purple chin. But uh, he could be, uh, you know, 
we we haven't heard anything about the Eternals yet, uh, although there there are a few you know rumors what is, what's going. What's happening around. with that movie except for uh, um, Johnny being ripped? Yeah, like, ri- like we saw Kumail <laughs> Johnny getting ripped, and I've been looking forward to seeing him ripped in the movie for a while. Mm. And uh, you know, and uh, you also have like you know Game of Thrones alums like. Uh, you know, Jon Snow, can't remember his real name, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and Rob Stark, but I, you know, I, I can't remember what their names are, but it's, uh, oh, Kit Harrington and um, something, Marsden or something, but he played uh, the bodyguard. Uh, in, nah. No. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad about it because he's a good actor, but like, uh, he's the main Eternal, and then Kit Harrington, who played Jon Snow in, the, in Game of Thrones, he plays some knight i think black knight or something oh and, yeah uh, or not dark knight but something else another obscure thing is like we're coming up with uh thing is after the infinity saga like we're the mcu is coming up with more obscure less uh like uh well-known characters yeah. and i think that's really cool because like the same they, way they they the same thing the, they're doing the same thing they did with guards of the galaxy yeah. no one knew who the hell they were it's funny because they're doing that the movie came out while simultaneously starting to sneak in like they're 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 big time people like yeah like yeah. blade okay blade was big time in my head but whatever <laughs> but like they're sneaking in, like blade and then like, fantastic four they they announced they're gonna do fantastic four yeah. it's like they're, they're doing all this, like, I don't want to call it interim because they're actually mm-hmm. big deals in the MCU, but they're having they all are. these, like, basically in-between characters while slowly yeah. sneaking in, like, they're bringing back the X-Men, they're doing Fantastic Four at some point. Like, who's what's another big Marvel property that they haven't done anything yet with in this uh, universe? I'm trying to think of what else was there. Well, the, the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh no other than yeah yeah but like other other than the x-men but i mean but then the x-men the x-men are not a monolith so you know yeah. they'll, they'll have a few different x-men in there and probably some of the more obscure ones yeah is but there a I, property I heard, though yeah is there a property that hasn't been made into a movie yet though um to be honest i can't think of any right now but uh there's probably you know I mean, you, you have like the kind of team ups between characters that we've seen already, like, you know, the Illuminati and stuff like that. But uh, in terms of like, you know, we haven't seen um, Nova as a big character, uh, you know, like he, he was part of the Nova Corps. Like we, we, we've met the Nova Corps, but we've never met Nova, the actual like, you know, the single guy yeah. who I guess after Thanos destroyed Xandar <laughs> during infinity before infinity war and took the power stone like i guess he might be one of the lone survivors yeah. uh, i can't remember what the 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 non-superhero name of of that guy is but uh he, he's one guy that i'm i'm sure we're gonna see in the future but yeah big mcu guys like i mean big marvel characters uh i mean you know mm-hmm. i think fantastic four is 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 the big one that we haven't seen yet and that they've right. announced but um you know i think what's cool about the mcu and i think what gives them a lot of freedom is that a lot of the characters are not characters that people that are known in the mainstream and i feel like it gives them a lot of freedom to just do their own thing because when you think about batman for example everyone knows who batman who batman is we've seen batman countless countless times i feel like batman Um, is so big that they're afraid of taking risks like they'll take yeah. risks on like how the characters are presented, like certain characters, like the Joker, and like how Batman's gonna look. Like he's gonna be old in this movie, he's gonna be young in this movie, but not yeah. risks in terms of how are you gonna bring in Batman Beyond? Come on, come on, yeah, you, guys. I think, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, they're gonna bring back Michael Keaton in the Flash movie yeah. as like a you know, I guess an alternate universe Batman. Right. And uh, he he's he's old now, Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, yeah. he's uh, he could he is at that age where he could play an older Bruce Wayne who hires, uh, you know, uh, Terry McGinnis, mm-hmm. and like just like starts that Batman Beyond thing. And I I I hope that 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 was one of my hopes when they when they announced uh, Michael Keaton coming back, 
uh, reprising his role as as uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne in the in the Flash movie is that this might open an avenue to have a futuristic Batman like Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. and uh, all we need now is is the right you know uh, Terry McGinnis and see see where that goes. Right. It's, it's uh, but I think that it's also interesting what they're doing in, in with uh, like the DC movies. Like I think they're since a few of their movies in the DCEU didn't really perform that well. Mm-hmm. It felt like they sort of gave up the whole, like, let's make everything, uh, you know, coherent and cohesive. Let's not create a cohesive universe. Let's say that, okay, we'll have like three different Batmans and uh, this one is in an alternate universe. And let's say that each, you know, each movie might potentially be in a different universe. You yeah. never know. Although we know that the core DCEU movies with like, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, uh, this Flash, uh, they might use the Flash movie to just like reset the whole universe, you know, because like yeah. that's the, they're supposed to do Flashpoint there. So it might just reset everything. And that's where we see maybe a uh, Robert Pattinson, Batman joining up uh, the, uh, uh, joining up with uh, you know uh, Gal Gadot or something. Honestly, uh, the 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 Batman movies that are coming out. Uh, the the Robert Pattinson movie feels a bit more like the same deal that um, Christopher Nolan had. Like when Christopher yeah. Nolan started filming those movies, like I don't want them to connect with anything. Like these are my movies and they're yeah. on their own. And this yeah. is just like the Dark Knight trilogy, and that's it. And it, it sort of has that vibe, even though. I would be surprised if they found a way to connect this Batman. In fact, it sounds like they're yeah. trying to build a universe around this, but yeah. that's something they tried with Spider-Man at one point, And I'm wondering if they're still going to try to do that with Spider-Man without the MCU's yeah. involvement. I mean, Sony, when they talk about they, but yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I don't, that, that's what I, I see happening with Batman, like trying to build a universe around that. But uh kind of don't want DC to give up on having a, an interconnected universe. You know, now that we're going into a point where, you know, audience expect to just jump right into the action. That's kind of where DC's strength has always been, you, yeah. you know, always knowing that you're just jumping into a world where there's, you can already believe that certain kinds of characters exist, like coexist with each other. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I think it's it's uh, you know well the, there there are rumors that they're trying that with Spider-Man like the third mm-hmm. Spider-Man like the you know the the home trilogy I guess what we're right. gonna call it uh, because I think they invited like Alfred Molina's coming back to play Doc Ock uh, mm-hmm. they 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 got uh, Michael J Fox to come back as Electro so it's like I think they're playing hard into that multiverse like Spider Verse kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I, I wouldn't rule that out in the MCU, but like in, in, in DC, also other announcement, uh, Deadpool three is coming at some point Yay. Uh, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> but then nothing's for sure anyway in, in Hollywood and all those things. But, uh, I feel like, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing all those different movies in, in the DC universe, because like we've had this whole, like, I guess like multiverse point of view has given us movies like the joker which was really good mm-hmm. um and then i have high hopes that the robert pattinson batman is going to be good um yeah. then like you know uh maybe they'll they'll just do a bunch of uh, other things but i feel like batman is big enough to have like multiple batmans i guess because we, we've seen Batman for so long and, and uh, you're kind of used to having different Batmans just in the in the animated universe. I mean, like uh, every five years you have like a new Batman guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it, it's just like, you know, I don't know what's coming, but I, I'm optimistic about like the, the Batman movies and the DCEU. But then like, uh, let's see. I, I still feel like the MCU is going to outperform DC, I feel. Uh, in the future i still feel that way uh you know i've i like until age 12 i didn't know that thor was a comic book hero i thought he was just a you know mythological god uh i never heard of iron man i never heard of all these other guys i'd heard of spider-man the hulk 
and uh, Captain America. Like those were the three guys that I heard of like in the MCU and the fan- and Fantastic Four. But like I grew up like being a DC guy and I've, mm-hmm. I still prefer reading DC comics to Marvel comics. But like mm-hmm. in terms of the movies, I really enjoy what the MCU is doing right now. And, um, you know, let's see. It's not a war. It's it's not a competition, but it's just like kind of, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's still like, I think it's hard not to compare, yeah. but I feel like they're so different now. Uh, cause I, I feel, yeah, still, I feel like DC just gave up the whole like cohesive universe thing. Uh, yeah. but it, it's, uh, but I, I, you know, maybe we'll have, we'll have separate universes within DC and, uh, maybe we'll have dark Knights metal and, and, uh, we'll have like multiple Batmans and, you know, the dark universe Batmans and that, that would be a lot of fun seeing like, you know, the, the Batmans from the the darker timelines where he became a villain, you know? So like yeah. the, those are, the, those are a, a line of comics, like a collection of comics that came out in the last, like maybe three or four years. Yeah. And uh, it's called uh, dark Knights metal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have like 50 positive universes and 50 negative universes. Yeah. And in one of the universes, Batman becomes the Joker and oh, he, yeah. and he's a better Joker than the Joker because he's, he has like the tactical, know-how of uh bruce wayne but the ruthlessness of a joker and the unpredictability of a joker kind of like like yeah eagle fang karate for anybody that's there yet it's man bear pig pig. this reminds me of cobra kai which we'll say for another episode uh yeah raf tell them where to find us so guys, hey, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Postbox. No, not Postbox, Castbox. That was my little Postbox. joke there. <laughs> so sorry. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, a bunch of other places. But the main ones are iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we will, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Are we going to yeah. We'll find something. That'll be, uh, uh, that, that'll be a surprise. I'm going to but, finish hey, Kai today, so I'll, I'll have that to talk about. Yay. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I will finish that. I will start and finish that as well. I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I haven't started watching Cobra Kai. Don't worry. I'm, I'm ashamed that like I tell myself, oh, you're not going to binge a show today. You got to be productive. And it's always yeah. Cobra Kai that messes me up. So we need to figure out what, what are they doing? What, what are they doing yeah. that is sucking me? The thing is like, you're trying to focus and you're trying to do your stuff and then Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I season. can't work. Yeah. Season three. Okay. Well, hey, uh, I, I did a, a little show last week about the whole fact that you can listen to us on your smart speakers. So I'm not going to do it this week. I'll do it next week. Just to, you know, for those who didn't listen to that, just like a little, 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 uh, you know, thing to thank you. 